Good morning. That is awesome. So sweet. Hey, uh, I want to thank you all so much for being here today. I know this is a little bit different than what we normally do as a church, but I'm not going to apologize for any of it. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for our kids receiving Bibles and going to Sunday school. I'm not going to apologize for our, our adults committing their life to service. I'm just not going to. This is something we should excite. It should excite you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sitting over here wiping tears away, and I'm just so impressed with our leaders of our church, our deacons, our children and youth ministry leaders. They are just doing a phenomenal job. And if you don't recognize that, man, I just, I'm sorry uh, for that. But I'm not sorry for what God is doing at Wyatt Park Baptist Church. Today uh, is our deacon ordination service, and we are ordaining six members of our church to the deacon ministry. And um, I want you to turn today in your scriptures to Matthew 20, starting in verse 20 and going to, to 28. Um, while you're doing that, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and pray for us. Lord, we give you thanks for the day. We thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. I thank you for our children and what you're doing in our children's ministry. I thank you for our leaders there and for our youth leaders as well. I thank you for our deacon ministry, for these men and women who are committing themselves to this life of service. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. I pray, Lord, that you would bless the remainder of our service and that through this, that we would look at our life and see what it is that you're calling us to do, who it is that you're calling us to be. Lord, I recognize that I have a part in this, and so if you would, Lord, forgive me of my sin, cleanse me of the unrighteousness that is in my life, and give me the grace that is necessary to preach your word in a way to bring honor and glory to your name. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. And I am so grateful for the calling that you placed in my life. Father, I pray that there's someone here today that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation, the day where they admit that they are a sinner, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and confess Christ as Savior and Lord. For the believer that's here that may be struggling or going through hardships or going through a time of discernment in their own life, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to them in a mighty way, that you would give them the grace that they need to be the, the child of God that you called them to be. Lord Jesus, we love you. We pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said, amen. In 2009, uh, Kathy and I started our, our seminary education, and uh, we moved down to Baylor and uh, I was applying for different ministry jobs at the time and, you know, uh, was really just kind of thinking that I would get a job at a church. I was interviewing and, uh, and about midway through that fall semester, you know, we were kind of looking at our savings account and recognizing we were going broke in a hurry. And, uh, and so, you know, these, these churches, they just, they never act fast when they're hiring somebody. They just take forever, you know, these committees. And, uh, but I was needing a job and we were needing food on the table. And a friend of mine told me about a church next to campus that was hiring for a custodian. And, uh, listen, I, I had, 
an obligation. And so, I, you know, I took that job. I, I wasn't thinking that when I moved across the country that my first job at a church would be, you know, to clean toilets. But guess what? Sometimes you have a job to do, sometimes you have responsibilities, and you got to do what you got to do to get things done. The Greek word for deacon is the kononos. It can be translated as a servant. If you think that our deacons have signed up to be in a position of authority, a high-ranking official, think again. You should know that each of our deacons are being ordained to a life of service, a ministry of service. They are here to do what needs to be done. In our passage of Scripture for today, the The disciples of Jesus are learning this lesson from their master that God has called them not to a position of power and authority, but to one of service. Matthew 20, verse 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached him with her sons. She knelt down to ask him something. James and John's mother approaches Jesus with two of her sons at her side. She came to Jesus with a request. Zebedee is... uh, Zebedee's wife is is Jesus' aunt, which makes James and John cousins to Jesus. They come to him, and the text says that she knelt down in front of him. Kneeling down is a a sign of respect. Um, And in this, in in, in religious context, it's really when you kneel down, it's a sign of what? You're worshiping someone. But as you read in this passage of Scripture, you quickly get the feeling that Mama wasn't here to worship. She, like a lot of mamas, was there to look out for the best of her boys. I know that's a cultural thing, mamas, that you would never do anything to interfere with your kids' relationship with the Lord, the calling that, they've, that God has placed on your boys' or girls' life. You would never do anything. If, if God calls your kids to the mission field, you will support that it's a cultural thing, I know. If you think her motives were pure, listen to Jesus' response. What do you want? He asked her. The you here is plural, which means that Jesus, though he's talking to Zebedee's wife, he is addressing not just her, but her children's, which means this isn't just her request, but it's James and John's as well which means they probably don't have the intestinal fortitude to go to Jesus and ask the question themselves. They need to ask their mama to ask Jesus what they want. (laughs) Kind of shows you where they're at in their life. But can you imagine just for a second hearing Jesus' response? What do you want? I mean, imagine children going to your father and asking for a toy. And when when he sees you, he says, what do you want? Nothing, Dad. <laughs> Nothing. I'll, I'll, I don't need anything right now. I'll come back later and ask, right? I mean, it, it's not the response that you were going to hear. Jesus is not thrilled with his aunt, her two boys. They are wanting privilege because they were family. They are, she's bending down and she's acting like she's worshiping, but rather she is asking for a family favor. We call this nepotism today. Jesus is having nothing to do with it. Listen to her and tell me if this sounds like worship to you. Promise, she said to him, 
that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right and the other on your left, in your kingdom? If you think about it, it's a pretty impressive question to ask. The disciples themselves struggled with the identity of Jesus all throughout his ministry, and yet here she is, seemingly understanding exactly who Jesus is. It doesn't make her question right, though, does it? It's a frightening reality that we can have all the head knowledge we want, but our, our, it doesn't affect our motives. You know, knowledge isn't the answer to changed heart, changed life. How many people go into something with the right knowledge but wrong motives? How many leaders, how many have had the, the right knowledge, the right ability to, to lead but come in with the wrong motives? Sports are, are filled with men and women who have committed them, themselves to a, a life of sport. They got into it because they, a, a love of the game, and yet when they go further along, they sometimes develop the wrong motives. One of my favorite uh, stories in recent college basketball history is the story of the University of Virginia's men's basketball team. In 2008, in the NCAA tourney, Virginia was a number one seed, and they would play a team that no one's ever heard of, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. You ever heard of it? Probably not. But this number one seed, Virginia, best team all year, professional basketball players on their team in the first round for the very first time in NCAA history loses to a 16 seed. Tony Bennett, the head coach, Virginia says this to his players. And he says this following to the reporters. I'm trying to tell the guys in there, this is life. It can't define you. You enjoy the good times. You got to be able to take the bad times. When you, you step into that arena, the consequences can be historic losses, tough losses, tough losses, great wins, and you have to deal with it. We talk about it all the time, the adulation, the praise that comes and we got a lot of it this year, he says. And then on the other side, there'll be blame and people will pointing that out. That can't, in the end, define these guys in our team. Bennett didn't allow for that one loss to define his character, to define his motives, to define his team. The, the great part about this story isn't just what he had to say to those reporters, to his team. The very next year, again, and the NCAA attorney, they are the number one seed. And that year, they go on to win the national championship. They go from a historic loss to historic redemption. NCAA calls it, I mean NCAA, ESPN said it's the greatest redemption story in all of basketball's history. You want to see someone's character? Look at them when they are pressed the hardest. Been a devout believer, a man of character, clearly coaching for the right reason. Not let wins and losses define him, but his character, his motives, his decisions. That is what it matters to him. And that is what matters in the eyes of God. Deacons, too often, leaders forget why they get into the position of leadership. 
Don't ever let it slip your mind while you're here, while you're being ordained today. Not for adulation, not for praise, not for authority and power, but because God has placed a call on your life to come and to serve the kingdom of God. Verse 22, Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? We are able, they said to him. He told them, you will indeed drink my cup, but to sit my right hand and left is not mine to give. Instead, it, is, it belongs to those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the, ten, when the ten disciples heard this, they became indignant with the two brothers. It's easy to pick on these guys, but listen to this. James was the first of the disciples to be martyred. John lived the oldest. He, he died of an old age. He wasn't martyred. Well, the only disciple not to be, but he was heavily persecuted for his faith got rain out of Rome. He got tossed in, a, in a, a tub of boiling oil and survived. These men suffered far more than probably any of us ever will for their faith. We should honor their faith and honor their commitment to the Lord, but here they are asking for something they shouldn't. They were young and immature in their faith, and it showed. They were wanting to be honored, and instead they got humbled. When the 10 other disciples heard of this conversation, they were angry. And uh, why were they angry, though? I mean, where was this anger directed? Was it because they had the audacity to ask, or was it because they asked before they could? Jesus' response makes, it think, makes me think, at least, that it's probably the latter and not the former. Verse 25, Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles dominate them, and the men of high position exercise power over them. In our culture today, we respect a leader by their title, by their authority, by their wealth, success, fame, their ability to persuade, their looks, their, their track record. Jesus is teaching the disciples the complete opposite. The example that we're given by Jesus is not the model that we see in society but a model of servant leadership. Deacons, you are to lead through service. Verse 26. It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to be, become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. One man put it this way, Jesus came to this earth to die for three, and he came to this earth for three reasons. To reveal the Father, to give mankind an example to follow, and third, to die a substitutionary death. Friends, we're all called to serve. Today we are ordaining six deacons to have a title of servant. They are specialized in serving. But all of us, friends, have a responsibility. They are not the only ones it's not just a, a select group in the church that has this responsibility. We're all called to salvation, to Christ-likeness, and to service. If you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, the Spirit of God has empowered you to serve. So much that the, the Spirit has given you a, a special ability 
a gift, a responsibility, a unique calling for a unique purpose for such a time as this, to do what God has called you to do, to be who God has called you to be. Not just six people, all of us. If you are a believer here today, you have that responsibility to go, to serve. If you're here today and you're struggling with that, I would would love to be able to sit down and talk with you, to be able to have a conversation with you this week about what it means to be a servant, what it means to be a child of God, who it is that God is calling you to be. At this time, I'm going to ask our our six deacons if they would come up and they would sit here. Uh, And as they do, Pastor Ken's going to come up and he's going to lead us in a time of prayer. Would you all be willing to come up and do that? This is an exciting day to see these who have been called to say yes to the Lord and to serve, um, to serve the Lord and to serve our church at Wyatt Park. I'm Associate Pastor Ken Livingston, and it's my privilege to be able to pray uh, on your behalf for these six. Would you join me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. We know you love your church and you love Wyatt Park Baptist Church and you've called these six individuals to to answer the call because you provide for the needs of your church. And so we see that playing out this morning. Thank you so much for blessing this church with with these who have answered your call to fill such a need, and I just pray, Lord, that we would join them as they serve others, and as Pastor just said, that you've called all of us to be engaged in ministry and to build the kingdom, and uh, so I, I just pray that you'd help us all. Lord, empower them and empower us. Uh, bless them, Lord, as they serve. May your Holy Spirit just Fill us all, Lord, and and give us courage and give us the strength, give us the the desire to do what you've called us to do. The world is hurting so much. They need Jesus, and he is the answer, and we have the answer. And so would you just help us in whatever area that we've been called to do that? Father, would you help these six to be more like Jesus? Jesus came... Uh, not to, to be served, but to serve. And you've called them to do the same thing. Would you give them a joy as they serve? Jesus came to, to love everyone unconditionally. And would you help them to do that? Jesus had a heart, Lord, for the things of you, Father God. And so would you give them a heart for your, your kingdom and, and your purposes? And may you empower them to do that. And uh, Lord, may your Holy Spirit again be present in their lives and in this place. 
And may we all follow Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, as was mentioned. Father, as they serve in this place in all different kinds of ways, may the gospel go forth even more fully to change lives and to change hearts and change the eternity of people who hear the precious gospel that you've given us through Jesus Christ. Father, I, I thank you for Pastor Jeff, who, uh, who is the overseer over all of us, our chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, who died for us. I thank you for, for Glenda, who is leading these servants in our church, and I just pray that you'd bless them. And Lord, we as a church, we commit to pray for, the, for all of those who serve in every way, big and small, in this church. And Father, thank you again for loving this church. And may we just um, do your will and love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. And everybody said, amen.